ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Carrying on then with the tafsir of Juz Amma. Today we're going to begin with Surah Al-Fil. And then we'll go on to uh, Surah Quraysh after that. Because these two are connected, there is a connection between them. So we'll begin from Surah Al-Fil, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ أَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ كَيْدَهُمْ فِي تَضْلِيلٍ وَأَرْسَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ طَيْرًا أَبَابِيلٍ تَرْنِيهِمْ بِحِجَارَةٍ مِّنْ سِجِّيلٍ فَجَعَلَهُمْ كَعَصْفٍ مَأْكُولٍ have you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not seen how your Lord dealt with the owners of the elephant? Did he not make their plot go astray? And he sent against them birds in flocks striking them with stones of baked clay. And he made them like an empty field of stalks of which the corn has been eaten up by the cattle. So in this chapter, it talks about the story of the elephant. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins this chapter by addressing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ Have you, O Muhammad, not seen how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with the people of the elephant? يُخَاطِبُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَوْ يُخَاطِبُ كُلَّ مَنْ يَصِحُّ تَوْجِيهَ الْخِطَابِ إِلَيْهِ So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is either addressing the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam either directly addressing or speaking to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or it is a general address to all people who it is relevant to. فَعَلَى الْأَوَّلِ يَكُونُ خِطَابُ النَّبِيِّ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam خِطَابٌ لَهُ وَلِلْأُمَّةِ So as we said, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
is addressing the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then that is an address to him and to all of the ummah generally. Because the rule is that the address to the Prophet is an address to all of the ummah unless there is anything to specify otherwise. لِأَنَّ أُمَّتَهُ لَهُ Because this ummah we follow on from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We follow behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَعَلَى الثَّانِي يَكُونُ الْخِطَابِ عَامٌ لَهُ وَلِأُمَّتِهِ إِبْتِدَاءً And upon the second understanding, it just means that this is an address to all of the people from the get-go. From the very start, it is an address to all of the ummah. وَعَلَى كُلٍّ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يُقَرِّرُ مَا فَعَلَى سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ in any case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affirms in this chapter what he did to the companions of the elephant. وَأَصْحَابُ الْفِيلِ هُمْ أَهْلُ الْيَمَنِ أَلَّذِينَ جَاءُوا لِهَدْمِ الْكَعْبَةِ بِفِيلِ عَظِيمِ أَرْسَلَهُ إِلَيْهِمْ مَلِكُ الْحَبَشَةِ And so this story of the elephant, it is mentioned, the background to it, the background to it is that in the times before the Prophet ﷺ, the Kaaba was obviously there. The Kaaba was already there from Ibrahim alayhi salam. And it had become a central location. Mecca, even before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's time, was like the capital of that area. All of the trade routes, they went through Mecca. All of the business used to happen through Mecca. Mecca was like these days as we say the capital. Everything was happening in Mecca. It was the hub. So it is is mentioned in the books of history that some of the Christians became envious of the Arabs because the Arabs had Mecca. And Mecca was like the capital of that time. All of the trade and business going through Mecca. So it is mentioned how some of the Christians at the time became jealous of this. And they wanted to build a city that could rival Mecca. And why was Mecca the central point? Because of the Kaaba. The Kaaba was there and as a consequence it became like a central point for everybody. So the Christians they thought we need to build something equivalent or better than the Kaaba to try and make our location and they were where at that time mostly in Yemen at that time and so they decided they wanted to build something that would rival the Kaaba be even better than the Kaaba so they built a huge church 
They built a huge church. And it's mentioned in the books of Sirah or Tafsir that the church they built was so big that when somebody went and stood at the door at the bottom and looked up to see how high it goes, when they would look up, it says in the books of history or tafsir, when they would look up, their hats would fall off. That's how much they had to bend their heads to see the top of this church, how big they had built it. It mentions in the books, they used to look up and their headgear used to fall off to how much they used to have to tilt their heads upwards to see the size of this building. And so they had built it to try and rival the Kaaba, to try and have something equal or better than the Kaaba, so that they could end up becoming the focal point, and that everybody would come through them, and the trade would go through them. So they built that huge church. When the Arabs found out about this, and this is all before the time of the Prophet Muhammad, when the Arabs discovered what they were doing, one of them, it's mentioned, one particular individual became very agitated at this. He became very agitated. And he went to the church, went down to Yemen, to that church, and defecated on the walls. Urinated, defecated on the walls of the church. Uh, We'll mention it here. And when he did that, Obviously, the Christians became angered by that. And so that's when they gathered the army with the elephants to go and destroy the Kaaba. That's the brief background. Here, as Shaykh al-Athameen mentions it, وَسَبَبُ ذَلِكَ أَنَّ مَلِكَ الْيَمِنَ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَصُدَّ النَّاسَ عَنِ الْحَجِّ إِلَى الْكَعْبَةِ That the, the leader of Yemen at the time wanted to stop the people going to do hajj around the Kaaba. Baytullahi Azza wa Jal Fabana Baytan Yushbihul Kaaba. So he built another building that resembled the Kaaba. And he invited the people to come to his new building instead of the Kaaba in Mecca. To stop the people going and doing Hajj around the Kaaba, and for that Kaaba in Mecca to stop being a central location for everyone, al-Arab. So the Arabs became angered by this action of theirs. وَذَهَبَ رَجُلٌ مِنْهُمْ إِلَى هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي جَعَلَهُ مَلِكُ الْيَمِنِ بَدَلًا عَنِ الْكَعْبَةِ وَتَغَوَّطَ فِيهِ So a man from the Arabs became agitated to the level that he went to this church or to this building that they had built to try and rival the Kaaba and he defecated within it. And he wiped the walls uh, with all types of impurity and and, and affairs. فَغَضِبَ مَلِكُ الْيَمَنْ غَضَبًا شَدِيدًا So the leader, the king of Yemen at the time, Became angered at that, of course. And he informed the king of Habasha. These were Christians, and the king of Habasha was the supreme leader over the king of Yemen even. 
So the king of Yemen, some of the mention was like a, a deputy or a, or a second in charge compared to the leader of Habasha. So when he informed the king of Habasha what the Arabs had done to their building, أَرْسَلَ إِلَيْهِ هَذَا الْفِيلِ الْعَظِيمِ قِيلْ وَكَانَ مَعَهُ سِتَّةُ فِيَلَهُ لِتُسَاعِدَهُ and it is mentioned that the king of Habasha sent him this huge elephant. And in some narrations it mentions there were another six elephants with it. So there were six in total or seven in total. In some narrations they say there were 13 elephants in total. There's a few differences as to how many elephants there were exactly. فَجَاءَ مَلِكُ الْيَمِنِ بِجُنُودِهِ So the king of Yemen came with his army to destroy the Kaaba. And it's mentioned in the books of Tafsir and history that the Arabs knew what was happening. That the king of Yemen, the Christians, they were coming. أَضْرَحَ الْأَشْرَمْ That they were coming. He was coming with his army to, the, to Mecca. And so Arabs who lived between Yemen and Mecca, there's a long journey to travel between Yemen to Mecca. There were Arab tribes who lived along the way. And all the Arabs knew what was happening. They were coming to Mecca to destroy the Kaaba to attack. So the Arab tribes en route tried to stop this army. But it's mentioned in the books of Tafsir, every Arab army that tried to stop the uh, uh, Yemenis at that time, Abraha al-Ashram, his army, they were all crushed. All of these Arab tribes were crushed on the way. And none of them were able to stop him. Until he arrived with his army and the elephants to the boundaries of Mecca. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ حَافَظَ بَيْتَهُ but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Kaaba. They came to destroy the Kaaba. And it's mentioned again in the books of Tafsir and History. Their plan was that they were going to tie chains, big chains, around the Kaaba and the other end of the chains around the elephants. Then they would tell the elephants, get the elephants to run in the opposite direction. And those six or seven or ten or thirteen elephants with the chains wrapped around the Kaaba would bring the whole Kaaba down. Drag the whole Kaaba down with the chains and the elephants. That was their plan. But as it's mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stopped their plan. When they initially got to Mecca, when they initially got to Mecca, uh, at the time, Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was the the chief of Mecca. He was the the elder of Mecca, and he had a level of authority in Mecca at the time. So he had advised all of the Meccans, all of the residents, to leave. To get out because the army is coming. Who knows what they are going to do. He had told them all to get out and go. And they went out nearby around Mecca to the mountains and to those areas to get out of the way. And so when the army came, they began taking what they want. They began taking the property of the people, the camels of the people, etc. 
So when they arrived and they began doing that, Abraha, the leader of the Yemeni army, wanted to meet with Abdul Muttalib. Because Abdul Muttalib was kind of like the chief of Mecca. He wanted to meet with him. So Abdul Muttalib and him met. And when they met, it's mentioned that Abraha was impressed with Abdul Muttalib. And when Abdul Muttalib came in and Abraha said to him, So what do you think of the situation? We're here to destroy the Kaaba." Abdul Muttalib said to him, just give me my camels back. Just give me my camels back. Because they had come and taken everybody's property, including Abdul Muttalib's camels. He said, give me my camels back. So Abraha was surprised. He said, I've told you, I'm here. You can see all my army is here. We're going to destroy the Kaaba. And you're worried about your camels. We're here to destroy your city, to destroy the Kaaba. And you're asking me about your camels. You're worried about your camels more than what we're about to do. Abdul Muttalib said to him, As for the camels, they are my responsibility. I am in charge of the camels. That's why I'm asking you about the camels. As for the Kaaba, then that is under the responsibility and guardianship of Allah. Allah will guard the Kaaba. But I am asking you for the camels. They are my guardianship. That is what I am responsible over. So in any case then, the army, they moved towards the Kaaba with their plan, with the elephants. They were going to tie the chains. But as they approached the Kaaba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that the elephants refused to draw any closer to the Kaaba. And what was the name of the, the large elephant as well? It's mentioned in some of the books of Tafsir. Mahmud. Mahmud. And so the elephants, they stopped and they would refuse to go towards the Kaaba. And every time they would turn the elephants around, they'd get up and start moving. But as soon as they turned them back towards the Kaaba, they'd stop moving. So the elephants refused to start going towards the Kaaba. Uh, when they changed the direction of the, the elephant back towards Yemen, it would start walking quickly as well. But as soon as they moved it back to the direction of the Kaaba, it would stop. It would stop and not proceed any further. And that is mentioned by uh, Ibn Kathir in Al-Bidaya wa Nihayah. وَهَذِهِ آيَاتِ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ Then, they were now in this stock situation. The elephants would not move towards the Kaaba. Their whole plan to bring down the Kaaba was to get the elephants there, tie the chains up and get the elephants to pull it all down. But the elephants would no longer go towards the Kaaba. And then it is at that point Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions now, أَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ كَيْدَهُمْ فِي تَضْلِيلٍ Did he not make their plot go astray? وَأَرْسَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ طَيْرًا أَبَابِيلٍ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent upon them birds in large flocks. 
sent upon them birds in flocks, in big groups, big groups of birds, طَيْرًا أَبَابِيلٍ يعني جماعات متفرقة كل طير في منقاره حجر صلب من سجيل وهو الطين المشوي لأنه يكون أصلب وهذا الحجر ليس كبيرا بل هو صغير يضرب الواحد من هؤلاء مع رأسه ويخرج من دبره ويخرج من دبره والعياذ بالله So these birds they had small rocks they were not big rocks small rocks of the type of dried solid clay type of compound uh, meaning a very hard type of rock and so they had those in their beaks and in their claws and they were throwing those upon the army and it's mentioned that one of those rocks or pebbles when it would come and strike one of them in the head it would go right through his body and come out from the other side like a bullet all the way through his body would go in from his head and go through his body and come out from the bottom through his body all the way uh, and that's why they mention as Allah said in the Quran that he made them look like empty fields of stalk that the cows had eaten and that is again mentioned in detail in some of the books of tafsir of how they were pelted to such a degree and these pelts, these pebbles, stones were going right through their bodies to the level that their bodies were being completely opened up and their insides were falling out from the amount of pebbles that were striking them, these stones that were striking them, that their bodies were being ripped apart and opened up and their insides were falling out. And so the example is given of that dead army that they were like like a field of stalk of corn the, the large plants of corn you've seen in the fields when they grow they are tall plants of corn if they've all been eaten from the top bare plants if you look at that field the way it appears that's the type of example that's been given of this army that lay dead after all of the, the striking of the birds upon them. هَذَا مُجْمَلْ هَذِهِ الصُّورَةِ الْعَظِيمَةِ الَّتِي بَيَّنَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى فِيهَا مَا فَعَلَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ وَأَنَّ كَيْدَهُمْ صَارَ فِي نُحُورِهِمْ وَهَكَذَا كُلُّ مَنْ أَرَادَ الْحَقَّ بِسُوءٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَجْعَلُ كَيْدَهُ فِي نَحْرِهِ uh, And so the point of this chapter is to highlight how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with all of those who intend harm or evil against him. And all of those who intend evil and plot and plan, Allah destroys their plots and plans. وَقَدْ حَمَى اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ الْكَعْبَةِ عَنْ هَذَا الْفِيلِ مَعَ أَنَّهُ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ سَوْفَ يُصَلِّطُ عَلَيْهَا رَجُلٌ مِنْ الْحَبَشَةِ يَهْدِمُهَا حَجَرًا حَجَرًا so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Kaaba at that time and did not allow that army to come and destroy it. Rather, they were destroyed. But at the end of time, when people they lose 
their practicing of the religion and it disappears from them and there is no respect and honor left, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow a man from Habasha who will come and destroy the Kaaba, take it down brick by brick. That's mentioned at the end of time it will occur. Ah, there's another point here. The story of the elephant, when did this happen exactly? Because if we say at the beginning, when Allah says, Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashab al-feel, do you not see, O Muhammad, what Allah did with the army of the elephant? But was Muhammad وسلم, there to see it? Some scholars, they say he was actually born that year. Some scholars, they say he was born that year when these things happened, when these events occurred. And some scholars say it was a couple of years before, after. It's not exact, but there or thereabouts. That the messenger was born around about that time, the year of the elephant, maybe that year, maybe just before, just after, around about that time. And so, the messenger didn't directly see what happened. But Allah says, Alam tara, did you not see? So how could that be when the messenger wasn't there to see it? So ra'a can have two types of meanings in Arabic. There is the ra'a al-basariya and the ra'a al-qalbiya. That perhaps this one is more like to say, have you not become aware? Are you not aware of what Allah did to the army of the elephant? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is narrating to us the story of what happened at the time of the elephant and the army of the elephant. So here, the main benefit the scholars derive is that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects and guards and and, uh, uh, safeguards the religion against those who intend evil or plot evil. Even prior to the Prophet Muhammad the Kaaba was still respected amongst the Arabs. They still used to respect the Kaaba. And they still used to honor the Kaaba, And they used to do some forms of hajj prior to that as well with whatever errors there were within it. So that was still something regarded highly. And it was the house of Allah built by Ibrahim salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected that house, protected his house against the army of the elephant, against those individuals who desired to destroy it. Abraha al-Ashram, his name was the king of Yemen, who had come with his army to attempt to destroy the Kaaba, and yet they were destroyed to the level that they were pelted, and their insides fell out from the level of perforation in their bodies. <laughs>